This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Love all of you. I'm glad you're here. So we begin again our fifth week on this, Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. I bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, I highlight this again, man. It's, it's very clear that when King David was saying this, he said, listen, don't forget the benefits. Don't forget what God, he's promised to us here. And so we've covered the first two. He said, the God who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. You can catch those on podcast if you go back. But we jump into verse 4. Who redeems your life from destruction. Wow, what a, what a benefit. Who redeems your life from destruction. So we got to understand a couple words here. Number one, he says, he redeems your life from destruction. That word redeem means he's bought you out. He's repurchased you. And if you read into this, he said, he's redeemed your life, my life and your life from destruction. How many have ever experienced any destruction in your life? Maybe you're experiencing destruction right now. The destruction comes from the evil one. If you were to look at John 10:10, 10, 10, it says the thief, which is the devil, comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the devil's mission statement. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy every one of us. And so with every bit of that is a form of destruction. But isn't it good news today that our God has redeemed us from destruction? And I celebrate that. Uh, For many years of my life, I, I lettered in destruction. And so I'm very grateful this. Turn turn just a couple pages to your right to the 107th Psalm. Psalms 107. In verses 1 and 2. Ooh, this is good right here. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I tell you what, when you get born again, you become the redeemed of the Lord. You've been qualified as redeemed because you gave your heart to Jesus. And so he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I believe this is so powerful. This this needs to be a daily exercise of every one of us. I'm I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I'm going to say so. I'm redeemed. Now, literally, if you want to dig into that deeper, in Galatians 3.13, it says he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law was poverty, sickness, and death. So in exchange... I get a walk in divine life, divine health, and divine blessings. Not because I've done anything except receive Jesus as Lord. I'm the redeemed of the Lord, and I say so. Now watch what he goes on to say. Whom he has, past tense, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now the hand of the enemy is not your mother-in-law. Sorry to say that, mother-in-laws, your father-in-laws. The hand of the enemy is the devil, okay? 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against all the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6. But it says here, he's redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. So you know what that tells me? I don't have to be dominated by the hand of the enemy anymore. And part of the way I walk this, I'm the redeemed of the Lord, and I say so. I've been redeemed from destruction. So I'm thinking on these lines of destruction. In Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He's delivered me from the snare of the fowler and from the peerless pestilence and from the destruction at noonday. That's part of being under the shadow of the Almighty. And you know, when Psalms 91, it says, a, a thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 are at my right hand, but it won't come near my dwelling. You know why? Because he said, for I've given my angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So this is one of the benefits of the Lord. He's redeemed me from destruction. Now you can opt out of that if you want to, but you don't have to. And I don't advise you to. Turn back to the beginning of the Old Testament. You'll go Genesis and then Exodus. Exodus chapter number 6. Now, as you turn there, it's such a blessed day here that we got on the communion elements and talking about the blood and the broken. We're going to be on that all day through this. So as you go back to Exodus 6, let me tell you what's going on. One of, one of Jacob's son, Joseph, he was, he was ruling in... Egypt. And everything was going great in Egypt as long as Joseph was alive. But when Joseph died, it began a new era. And there was a new Pharaoh and he came in and he hated the Israelites. He was fearful of them because they really began to multiply. So this is what's going on right here in this. And so what begins to happen is the Israelites become severely oppressed. Now, pick up with me in Exodus 6, verse number 5. And I have also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. Whom the Egyptians have kept in bondage. They've imprisoned them. And I have remembered... My covenant. Now, the word covenant here is one of the most important theological words in the entire Bible. The word covenant actually means an agreement. It means a, a vow, a pledge. And so God says here, I've, redeemed, I've remembered my covenant. You know, God made a covenant years and years before this with a man named Abraham. And in that covenant, it's Genesis 12. He said, I'll bless you, I'll multiply you, I'll make your name great, and I'll bless you to be a blessing. Now, it's interesting right here, God said, I'll remember my covenant. The way we come in covenant with God is when we get born again. We become children of God. But he said here, I want to remember my covenant. So guess what? God's not a covenant breaker. He's a covenant keeper. Verse 6. Therefore say to the children of Israel, 
I am the Lord. Now, what you're fixing to see is seven I will expressions of redemption to the children of Israel. Seven I will expressions. I believe those are written to us too. So we start off here and he says, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgment. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Now he starts this with, I am the Lord. And he ends this with, I am the Lord. Remember, we serve a God who doesn't change. He never changes. Verse number 9. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. They couldn't heed what Moses had said to them because of this anguish spirit and They were so beaten down. They were so broken. So you know what I read right here? They they were defeated. They were in bondage. They were in a dead end of life. And maybe that describes you today. You got some anguish of spirit. You're in bondage. You're beaten down. Some of you are saying, "I, I live in a dead end of life. It seems like there's no hope within me. This is kind of how the Israelites, there was no hope. Until you hear the heart of a God who brings hope. When you hear the words of a God who says, I've redeemed you from destruction. God's design wasn't for me and you to be in destruction. That's not his heart. So what begins to happen right here is God sends this man named Moses Onto the scene. And God tells Moses, I want you to go to the Pharaoh. And I want you to tell him to let my people go. Well, paraphrasing in this, he won't do it. So God says, I'm going to send ten different forms of plagues upon them. Now, what I want you to see in every one of these plagues that came upon the Egyptians... It didn't affect the Israelites at all. They were smack dab, and that's old time, okay, smack dab. They were smack dab right in the middle of all this destruction. If they looked this way, there was destruction. If they looked this way, there was destruction everywhere around them. But it wasn't come upon them. Remember, He's redeemed our lives from destruction. So the very first plague was the plague, the rivers turned to blood. The next one was, there was frogs all over their house. There was lice and there were flies, but it wouldn't come near the Israelites. And before long, the Egyptians' livestock all died. Their livelihood Their way they made money, but it didn't get the Israelites' livestock. And then there were boils. There was hail. There was locusts everywhere. And actually there came a day where there was darkness over the whole place. 
but not upon the Israelites. And so God continued, he continued to protect them even in the midst of destruction. Now, turn a couple pages to Exodus chapter 11. And we're going to keep going through this just a little bit. And you're going to see how the God still redeems from destruction. Verse 3. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Think about this. There's destruction everywhere around them. They are in bondage to the Egyptians. But God said, I'm going to give you favor. You know, I don't care where you live. I don't care what your last name is. God is a God of favor. That's one of his promises. The favor of God. A great reference to speak over your life is Psalms 512. He says, I bless my righteous and my favor surrounds you like a shield. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, I'll take your portion of it then, okay? And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of the Pharaoh's servant, in the sight of the people. Then Moses says, thus says the Lord, about midnight, I will go into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of the Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and the firstborn of the animals. Now what he's talking about, this angel of death was going to go all over Egypt. And it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter if you were the king or a, a female servant. Better say, it didn't matter if you were rich or poor. It didn't matter if you were, were a famous or unknown. It didn't matter if you were a have or a have not. This was what's going to happen. This angel of death was going to come in that night and destroy destruction. Then there will be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like before, nor shall be like it again. Now watch this. But against none of the children of Israel. But against none of the children of Israel. Now, when I looked at this here, this is a sharp contrast to the grief and the death of the Egyptians, the ungodly. But he says, none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast that they may know that the Lord does make a difference or a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. So what he's saying here is this. That to his covenant children, they will enjoy complete tranquility. Not even a dog will bark or howl against them. You know what I see right there? There's a hedge of protection around the godly. Even when the whole land is in destruction, there's a whole hedge around the godly. So time goes on here. And God gives Moses some direction. And he says to Moses, he said, tell the Israelites they're going to have to get a lamb. A male lamb. 
That's without spot and blemish. Whichever bit of that points to the Lord Jesus. And he said, then they're going to have to take that lamb and they're going to have to kill it. They're going to have to sacrifice it. And then they are told that they're going to have to eat part of the lamb, the broken body, and then they're going to have to take some of its blood. Now this is what the Lord told Moses. This was called the Passover. Now we pick up in Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. For I, the Lord God, will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now this was a promise from God. This is what's going to happen. Verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign. Now watch this, the word you. Because this is, is to me and you right here. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the only thing that mattered that night was the blood. And they were to mark their doorpost with the blood. Let me help you just a little bit with this, okay? Nothing but the blood mattered. Nothing. Your titles, your positions, your bank accounts, your achievements, your portfolios, your last name didn't make a flip. Nothing mattered. The only thing that would matter on that night was your house marked by the blood of the Lamb. Wow. Verse 13. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Plural. Throughout your generations. You know why? The blood of the lamb still speaks to this day. The blood here was seen as means of deliverance for the individual, for the family, and even for the nation. And this blood that is good throughout generations is the blood of Christ. And its application is for three things. Our redemption, our justification, and our sanctification, big words. You know what justification is? 2 Corinthians 5. He justified me and you. How did he do that? We became the righteousness of God through Christ. He sanctified me and you because of the blood of Jesus. You know what sanctification means? He set you apart and he's declared you holy. And... He's redeemed us. I, I encourage you day by day. That, that becomes a simple affirmation where I say, I thank you, Father God. I'm the redeemed of the Lord today, and I say so. I thank you today that you have sanctified me. You declared me holy. You have set me apart. I thank you today that you have justified me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, for me to walk in justification, sanctification, redemption... 
That's all through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is what qualifies me. He goes on to say in verse 14, Throughout your generations, you shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Better stated, it will be an eternal decree. Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel or the doorpost, the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door. Now watch this. And not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. You missed a great opportunity to shout. He will not allow the destroyer to strike you. He will not allow the destroyer to cause destruction. And the only way that happens is through the blood of Jesus. Now when you get born again, you give your heart to Jesus. Did you see Jesus personally when you gave your heart to Jesus? Did Jesus stroll up to you and say, I'm Jesus, here's my business card? No, I, I didn't see Jesus when I gave my heart to him, but I heard the scriptures and I realized something would take place when I would repent of my sin and ask Jesus to come in and get born again. So I received salvation by faith. That's the same way with the blood of Jesus. I, I, I see the blood over my life. I speak the blood over my life. Dad, I thank you, Lord. I ask your blood to wash me, to cleanse me. I speak the blood. The old timers would say it this way. I plead the blood of Jesus. See, when you go into a court of law, the judge is going to say, how do you plead? Do you plead guilty or do you plead innocent? I plead the blood. I let the blood represent me. The blood of Jesus. And so I'm pleading the blood day by day. The blood. By faith, I, I see the blood over my mind, my eyes, my tongue, my thought life, my heart. I just welcome the blood. That's simple day by day by day. And there's times in my own house, I'll, I'll mark my doorways. I'll walk to the doorways. I say, Lord, I speak the blood over my doorways. And most of you don't know this, but almost every, not every, but almost every Sunday when you come in here, I've spoken the blood over all these doors. I walk through here. I, I, I walk. I'm surprised there's not trails up and down where I just walk in here. I lay hands on the seats. I, I plead the blood. I speak the blood. I speak the blood. I speak the blood. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall say so. I speak the blood. I get in my car. I speak the blood. You know what? If you're born again, speak the blood. Speak the blood. The blood of Jesus. Go into your children's bedroom. Lay hands on their pillow and speak the blood. That's a novel idea, Pastor. Turn with me to the book of Revelations chapter 5. Revelations chapter 5. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, it's marked me. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And we're at the very end of the Bible, Revelations chapter 5. Oh, you got to see this today, okay? I've been redeemed from destruction. Oh, it's one of my benefits. It's one of your benefits. Verse 8. 
Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they fell down before the lamb. If you like to highlight your Bible, highlight that word, the lamb. You know why? It doesn't say a lamb. It says the lamb. The lamb, the Lord Jesus. The lamb. The lamb of God. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. The God, the lamb. Each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense. Golden bowls full of a sweet fragrance. Now this is what's going on in heaven. Which are the prayers of the saints. You know when I read that? The prayers of the saints are like a sweet smelling aroma in heaven. Don't give up on your prayers, okay? Don't quit on your prayers. Remember in Matthew 7, the Lord said, Keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. Our prayers don't fall on deaf ears. Keep praying. They're huge in heaven. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed and have redeemed. That's past tense. And have redeemed. He's not going to. He's already done it. And have redeemed. He's purchased us to God by his blood. And who's this? Who's this redeeming for? Out of every tribe and every tongue and people and nation. You know what that tells me? That's every person on this earth. That's God's design. This may make some of you religious really mad. But you know in heaven it's going to be the red, yellow, black, white, and brown. The Bible says that. And it's interesting right here. The blood was shed for every person. From generation to generation. You know what I see with the blood of Jesus? The warranty that comes with the blood of Jesus is not a 90-day cash-back warranty. And the blood of Jesus is not a 10-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. You know, when you get a car and say, man, it's 10 years bumper to Whoa, we've been raptured 10 years. The blood of Jesus is an eternal warranty. Eternal. You you were bought with a price and you were paid in full with that one sacrifice and with it came a warranty that only Jesus could make. Oh, the blood of the lamb. Now, 
Watch, watch verse 10 here. And have made us, have made us kings and priests to our God. Do you know when you give your heart to Jesus and he becomes Lord of your life, you've been qualified as a king, as a priest, and have made us kings and priests to our God. So if the blood of Jesus qualifies me to be a king or a priest, then shouldn't I start acting like it? Shouldn't I start talking about it? Shouldn't I start seeing myself? That's what Jesus, I'm an earthly king. You can be a righteous brother. You can be a holy roller. You can be most anything. You can be a child of a slum or a skid row bum, or you can be an earthly king. Wow. Woo, the blood of Jesus. Pastor, you are preaching the word, and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign as servants of God right here on the earth. So if you look at this entire passage, who the blood still speaks. I've been redeemed by, by, uh, from destruction because of what Jesus did. Oh, the blood of the Lamb. You know what the blood of Jesus says to me? Our God is a God of a second chance. You know what the blood of Jesus speaks to this day? Our God still takes messes and makes miracles. I'm qualified by the blood of the Lamb. You know, I don't know if you've ever read the prayer of Jabez. It's in the Chronicles. But Jabez said this. He said, Lord, I pray that you would bless me indeed. Well, that's arrogant now. That's just knowing who you are in Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would bless me indeed, that, that you would keep me from evil, that your hand would be upon me. I left one out in there. You would bless me indeed. You would enlarge my territory. Your hand would be upon me. You'd keep me from evil. And I would cause no pain. You know what pain is? Pain's destruction. Let me ask you something right now. How many have ever caused pain? Don't raise your hands on this. How many are causing pain right now? See, it's one of the blessings of the Lord. He's like, I don't want you to cause pain. How many are facing areas of your life right now? It's hot, it's destruction. Destruction is coming out. Everywhere I go, there's a, stra there's a trail of destruction. Ooh, we're living beneath the benefit that we shouldn't. I've redeemed you from destruction. I'm going to ask you to stand up here with me today. I'm just telling you right now, you can opt out of that blessing if you want to. You don't have to take that blessing, but if you don't want it, I'll take your portion of it. I welcome that. I welcome the redemptive power of God. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head right here on this Sunday morning. The eighth month of the eighth day of 2021. That the first thing that qualifies you as the redeemer of the Lord, Jesus has to be Lord of your life. 
And what I mean by that is you welcome Jesus into your heart to be Lord. You repent of your sins, but you, you take this vow. You take this Romans 10, 9 and 10 vow that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be born again. You'll be saved. But you got to make that vow to come into that covenant. And if you've broke that covenant and you left him, guess what? That doesn't eliminate you. He welcomes you back and he says, come on back into covenant with me. Come on back in. And if that's you here today, if you need to give your heart to Jesus where you make that vow to say, Lord, I welcome you as Lord of my life. Or you need to recommit. See, all that's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave the lamb. He sacrificed his only begotten son for you. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You don't get to heaven by being a good person. You don't get to heaven by how great Aunt Susie was. You don't get to heaven because this priest prayed for it. You get to heaven because you made a choice that said, I welcome you, Jesus, as Lord of my life. So on those statements right there, you need to give your heart to Jesus today. I, I welcome you, if that's you, to say, I'm going to the front today. I'm going to receive Jesus as Lord of my life. If that's you, just get out of your seat. Make your way down here. And we are going to applaud. We are going to shout for you today. If that's you, come on down. Say, I need to give my heart to Jesus. You know, I'm a little gung-ho on it right here. Because I sense there's some of you in here who need to give your heart to Jesus or you need to give your heart back to Jesus. I don't want to push forward until you respond. Is there anybody in here? I don't want to be an auctioneer. Come on, ladies, here they come. Thank you for obeying. Thank you for obeying. Come on, come on. Come on down here, darling. Come on. Here they come. Anybody else? I believe there's still a few more of you. Why do you say that? Because I got a hotline to heaven. It's called the Holy Spirit. And it's this clear. There's times, man, I'll get in here and pray on Sunday mornings. The Lord will say, there's, there's ones here. They're going to give their heart to me today. Anybody else? See, my trophies on this earth aren't plaques and trophies. My trophies are people. I'm, I'm going to give you a little insight in heaven. The only earthly thing that will be in heaven is people. Here's a deep revelation. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. What'd he say, Martha? So all of you that are down here, I whew, 
thank you. Thank you for obeying your heart. That's the Holy Spirit move. Now, well, clean sweep today, all women, all female. I want you ladies to all say this after me, okay? Say this from your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you as a sinner. Father God, I've sinned. fallen short of your glory I've missed the mark I've tried to do things my own way and I've made a mess of me but today I ask you to forgive me and I ask you to put all the broken pieces back together right now. I'm going to welcome as they get ready to sing. I'm going to welcome you down here to say, Lord, we're making a stand today that your redemptive power, that the blood of the Lamb that marks me, remember you and your home and your family, he said, would be protected. That destruction could be all around. But then I'm come near my dwelling. And so if that's you today as they begin, I welcome you today. I welcome individuals. I welcome families. Where we say, today's a new day. And my God has redeemed me from destruction. So I welcome you down here. Okay, go ahead and say hi. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.